Last week, I said there's nothing cooler than giant monsters. Well, I was fucking lying. There is something cooler, and it's a giant goddamn robot. This week, we're talking about mechs and the incredibly depressed people who ride them. It's time for some mecha anime. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we totally didn't watch Pacific Rim last week. Listen, that you know that what? literally the took giant robots and merged them with mo- giant monsters. Are we just forgetting about that one? We didn't mention Neon Genesis last week comparing it to Pacific Rim. Okay, first of all, when I mentioned Neon Genesis last week, I was talking about how Guillermo del Toro takes influence from it. Not comparing it, Tyler. You fool. Okay, okay, but what um, about However, Phazon right. does have Semantics. a slight point, which <laughs> I will easily rebuttal by um saying that i define mechs as being ridden by a single person that's not true that doesn't even, that's not, that doesn't even make any doesn't sense <laughs> doesn't just, make just any... the argument do the intro the <laughs> welcome to three two one binge i'm your host chris followed by my co-host Faison. what's up and my other co-host the sex offender pig mole who hangs around with team gurin tyler <laughs> Uh, I knew that's where it was going, but <laughs> I didn't I'm know glad that the way you. Yeah. You know, I like to give it a little bit of a, a little bit of flair before I. I didn't call the pig ball. I knew that was coming. Well, originally you thought I was going to do Shinji, which I was, and then I told you I wasn't going to do Shinji because I decided not to. And I mean, my options were limited. It was that or that guy whose name we don't remember from the Gundam movies. Yeah, that guy. Amaro. <laughs> yeah, Amaro. <laughs> wow, Tyler remembers him better than I me. don't know. I don't remember anything from the Gundam, <laughs> Gundam movies. If you haven't realized already, we're talking about mecha anime this week. Uh, giant fucking robots fighting things. <laughs> it, 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 it's a yeah. ride. It's a ride. Wide slate of what they fight. Truly. Um, yeah. So, uh, how does this show work again? I think we intro a show at this point. I mean, yeah. Usually we intro, but uh, <laughs> I guess we, we could talk about. Works, do yeah, you want to I... just talk about like the uh, the overarching like just things that. All, all three of these shows have in common. Yeah, and I can start with that with uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Originally, it was a 70s anime that then um, was recut into three movies that were released throughout the 80s. Uh, it follows the main character, a. He's like 14 in the first movie, and no, wait, he's like 16. He's 16. He, his home is basically destroyed when. The um, enemy, who I completely blanket on the name, the Zeons, who are basically Nazis. Yeah, only one of them's a Nazi. What do you mean only one of them? Technically, it's only the prince who decides he wants to be the next Hitler. Yeah, so like only the leader. (laughs) Only the leader, but he's not the leader. Remember, his dad was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's not a good idea." And then he's like, "All right, dad, I I kill you now. (laughs) Now I am space Hitler." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's Space Hitler versus uh, the Federation, which is, yeah, the Federation being the good guys. Yeah, it's it's rare for, because, uh, um, like, in this case, the the Xeon forces are, like, the rebel, like, they're rebelling against the Confederation. They're breaking off. Uh, yeah. It's rare for the rebellion to be the Space Hitler. You yeah. Know, normally, it's the Empire whose space is, you know, wants to keep everything. Yeah, it was all space Nazi, but now this time they they switch it up on us. Those, I never thought really, of it like that. Yeah, it was a weird thing when I, I'm like, oh, that is strange that we're rooting for like the current government and not the rebels. That's just an interesting <laughs> change of pace. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's what the whole series is about. It's weirdly done when they keep switching characters. Because I never got the feeling when I was watching it that 
one side was more or less like yeah i know one side's bad you're rooting for ammo on his side <laughs> one but side when they keep the switching characters <laughs> yeah i get that but i mean like when you keep switching between him and like char and you don't get a sense that he's bad either yeah i mean char char is not i wouldn't even really say char is bad because Char hates the Zeons no, but, more than anyone else. But no, I do get what you mean. There is there is a good amount of. But in the first ambiguity. movie, you don't see that. Yeah. The first I mean, movie, he, you just think he's a bad guy, and then you yeah. don't see, and then you don't, but you don't get that idea when every time he's on screen. I mean, even beyond that, like in the first movie, there is one of the Zeon princes, um, who is kind of not a bad person. He just has his fiance. He's willing to leave the Zeon forces if that's what it takes to be with her. Like there is a good amount of moral ambiguity here. There's there's yeah. really only one character who is like, oh yes, this is the very bad man because he literally said he wants to be the next Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> literally says yeah, that. That's true. Um most I mean, of the, the other guy, characters didn't have he do some the whole level... speech. Did he do a speech at the end of the first movie when it was a Nazi speech? Yes, yes he did also do the, the Nazi speech in the first movie. I think that was the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like most of the characters have some level of moral ambiguity, but yeah, like Tyler was saying, a uh, 16 year old kid gets to use a super secret ultra experimental uh weapon called the Gundam, or as the dub calls it, a gun dam. And I fucking hate yeah, it. Let's not talk about the dubs, <laughs> the dub's really Ooh, bad. It's wow. really why did bad. You watch a, why did you watch a dub? Because I didn't want to read this today, I didn't want to read for three movies straight. I really didn't. Well, because you can't read. No, he can. He just he just learned this week. I learned how to read this week. I'm very <laughs> proud of it. Yeah, I can um I can read it almost read a Doctor Seuss. No, yeah, I, those I, damn Democrats <laughs> took it away. Oh, uh, what you got the banned ones? <laughs> yeah, I got them off. I'm of, not gonna uh, <laughs> Some of them weren't the best looks. <laughs> I mean, most Doctor Seuss. I mean, Doctor Seuss. You know, quick disclaimer: Doctor Seuss is a piece of shit. If you didn't know that, go go find out. He's a he's a horrible fucking person. He cheated on his wife while she had cancer and was dying. Um, that probably he, true. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it is true. It is. I'm not. I'm not just slandering him. I'm only saying facts. He's a terrible person. I don't care if he wrote a cat who wore a hat. He's horrible. Yeah, but that movie's. A, I mean, that that book is. I was going to say, don't talk about the movie. The, the, yeah, the, we're book, talking about our, the book is very good. We actually tricked everybody. This is our Cats Week special: Cat in the Hat, Cats, and Catwoman. Run. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. That's that's going to be on August 8th, which is Cats Day in 2021. So get excited for that. Run. Also, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just run. But yeah, back to Gundam. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the dub was horrible. Dub's bad. Dub's bad. Um, Armuro, get, Armuro gets super weapon. Um, he gets really depressed, which is a theme of all three of these. Yeah, things, like, why, why do all these shows just have like you know, like little teenagers? I mean, theme. even Evangelion made sense, but yeah, even Evangelion. Yeah. So okay, so I think the thing that matters most about Gundam here is probably to talk about its importance to the genre, right? Because that's going to lead into yeah. a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about this episode. Um, yep. What you guys need to know is that before shows like Gundam, there was a genre because mech isn't necessarily a mech is a genre, but there are genres within it, right? Yeah. So specifically, there are super robot shows, um, which are kind of closer to Gurren Lagann, where it's very over the top action. Uh, their hands shoot out. You know, it's like very almost cartoon, what we consider almost cartoony. So shows like uh, Massinger Zeta is a really famous one. And then I am blanking on any other names because they were from the 70s. And I didn't really watch very many of those ever. But um, that Rangers. was a, that was the yeah. Transformers. No, Power Rangers is Sentai. Transformers took a lot of influence from it, but is an American thing. So it's kind of its own thing. But um, Super Sentai, like Power, like Power Rangers, does take a lot of influence from it. And it's kind of where Super Robot shows ended up going during the 80s and 90s they kind of they stopped becoming animated and, and ended up coming more into that um but basically 
after the 70s and this big boom of these super robot shows, the thing that got really popular was um, they're called real, real mecha, real mecha. So basically taking these these giant robots and putting them in a, a more realistic setting. Um, and that's kind of what Gundam is supposed to be, right? Like instead of just having these super powerful robots you guys use to fight monsters once a week, it's this kind of drawn out war story where this 16 year old kid is the only one capable of piloting this mech and it's wearing on him and slowly eating away at him. And, uh, you know, the stakes are higher. The characters have a lot more depth compared to what we were expecting at the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, it really, it kind of revitalized the genre and made an crazy boom of this type of show. Yeah. I mean, besides those points, there's also the random non-human companion that's in all these shows. There at is least always a random see, non-human. Yeah. I mean, no, you're, I mean, I think they're, I'm trying to think if there's one in some of the other mech shows that I've seen. I don't think there's one in Code Geass. So I'm going to say it's not in every show, but it's in a lot of them. It's in all three of these. It's in all three of these. They're all three teens and they all get depressed at some point. (laughs) Yeah, they all get at least. Which is understandable. Completely understandable. If you're a 16 year old and put in a war. (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. I can see it wearing on you. Yeah, anywhere between 14 to 16. Also, like, Um, by the way, you're the only one that can pilot this big ass shit. So good luck. If you you don't do it, you have the weight of what you're not doing. We all die. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, those are definitely the through lines of the mecha genre. I don't really even think you need mechs to have a mecha show anymore. You just need a depression and a non-human character. It's pretty Bojack much Bojack Horseman. <laughs> yeah, is Bojack my Horseman favorite mecha, mecha anime? <laughs> yeah, Bojack Horseman is gonna be my number one pick for this week's <laughs> mecha. Yeah, you got depression, animation, and non-human side characters. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely works. Um. So I but, don't know how you guys felt about this, but I felt like the show didn't really like hold up animation wise. Um oh animation wise, it looks like speed racer. It has moments. Yeah, it, it does. Has, it has but, moments that I really like, but a lot of it is also very it's very simple. It's yeah. it's like cell shade animation. Like cell, not cell shade, like original like early cell animation. Yeah, I guess like I didn't realize that it came out in, you know, like the eighties. Seventies technically. Seventies technically, yeah. Yeah, yeah like seventy nine, I think. Um, it is very old. I think it's one of the older, yeah. one of the oldest like anime I've ever seen. Um, so I know that the animation is always I mean, something that. <laughs> I mean, it being so old uh, is kind of, and like people still know it now. Like you see, they didn't they build the the yep. Gundam in Tokyo. They built a live action, uh, live real life size Gundam in Tokyo. That's not even the first one they built. They do one like every couple of years. They did like the Gundam Unicorn like two years ago. Um, and it, that yeah, thing's but fucking the point massive. Is that even though it's. 50 years old at this point. Like when I saw that, I'm like, oh, it's a Gundam. I didn't know it was exactly from this, but you know what it is. Yeah. Visually was, speaking, it's like show how it, just to show well, how like, yeah, iconic and influential it is. Was this like the first anime you'd, you'd say that like crossed over to Western audiences? Uh, I wouldn't even say it did because I would argue that Gundam did not cross over to the West until the 90s with Gundam Wing getting a Toonami run. Okay. I would argue that was really when Gundam crossed over to the West. Because like I mean, you can just contribute tsunami with anime in the West in general. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything that was on tsunami is what contributed to anime in the West, and that's why Gundam Wing is very popular with a lot of people who grew up in that era. Yeah, um, like my brother arguably, Gundam. Yeah, arguably that is maybe the show we should have watched this week, just because I do feel like it ends up tying slightly better into the next two that we have here. Yeah, um, but I also felt like we needed to so watch this removed. one because it's like. The, the grandfather, original. you know? Yeah, yeah, it's the grandfather of all real mecha. It's not the best. Like, I've watched a number of Gundam shows. 
Um, this is by far not the best piece of Gundam work out there. Zero uh, eight. But it's the first one. Is the first one. Yeah. Like zero eighth MS team is really good. Iron Blooded Orphans is pretty good. Um, Seed Destiny. There's War in the Pocket. That's really good. There's like a bunch of really good Gundam related stuff. That's that's is. It only exists because of this, but it's just like it really grow it out. It kind of outgrows it really quickly. Yeah. It's like it's like how you guys felt with Groundhog Day versus Palm Springs. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I yeah. think that a lot of Mecca kind of as things have been going, well, not anymore, but for a long time, Mecca was like really exploding past what it its origins, you know? Because like this is a pretty simple story. It's kind of just like a, a, a kind of standard war story, but with giant robots. Um, and, you know, yeah. we, we'll see within the next few shows that we talk about that you can do a lot more with giant robots than just that. And I, then- I also feel like with anime specifically, like compared to movies, that like with I, I don't I don't know why, but as time goes on, like the shows just get better, right? Like, so if you look at a movie from the fifties, like sometimes it'll still hold up, or like it'll like it'll still hold up when you watch it now. But for anime, I feel like it most don't. It does I depend. Like that's, it's more in part of the animation. Yeah, animation. Like I think that once you get to the nineties, and even a little bit before that, anything from the nineties pretty much holds up. Like what? Um, Neon Genesis is from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. That looks pretty good Cowboy most Bebop, of the time. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop, another one from the 90s. Yeah, um, I mean, I was like specifically talking about like older stuff, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is definitely just because animation is, is, was a lot harder without the type of technology they have now. Yeah. I mean, even if we go older, um, Gunbuster is a mecha show that I think, I think is slightly old. I think it's in the 80s. And that one genuinely looks, yeah, 88. And that one looks pretty good for its age. I say once you get to the late 80s, you can start to have stuff that actually does age pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it's just 70s animation is very, it's very limited. Specific. Yeah. yeah, actually, this looks pretty good. Yeah. And I actually, we're going to be watching that whenever we do a second volume of Mecha, because that is directed by uh, Hideko Anno, a.k.a. the guy who made uh, Neon Genesis. So we are going to touch on is that. Is that the segue? Uh, that's, <laughs> is that, I think, it, very possibly. Is there anything else even to say about Gundam? I got Char is really good. good. I, I know like one Char. thing is like most of the side characters who I liked die the moment you meet them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the one uh, chief who suicide bombs himself after getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's, like he's cool. And, and then he died. Also, you could tell the movie was cut. It was cut from a TV show. Yeah. It doesn't have a three act structure whatsoever. Or like it doesn't have any act no. structure. Yeah, no. It's just events, and they keep going, and you start to feel really sleepy. <laughs> like in the last movie, he meets a love interest, and then she dies. She's in like two scenes, and immediately falls in love, and then she dies later. But it's like there was nothing to for that to grow. But if yeah. it was a TV show, you would get that. Oh, it's a TV show. I get what's happening. Yeah. The problem is that the TV show also had a lot of really stupid camp. That was like from the Super Robot era. Yeah. Um. Like for example, our our favorite Gundam here, shit? huh? Like all the kids, you mean shit. all the kids, yeah, all the kids, yeah. shit, but also like the Gundam had like a hammer, it just had a super hammer. It was just like not like a no, weapon no, no. hammer, it kind of looked like a spongy hammer, you know, like one of those big rubber ones that yeah, you hit people with, like yeah, the joke ones, so yeah, Mario? like a joke hammer, yeah, kind of like that. So, like, there's a lot, there was a lot of stupid shit in the original Gundam show, um, that they kind of cut out to try and make the movie more appealing to older audiences because, uh, <laughs> basically, the way that way the way that mech shows make money is through model kits, um, and they were really struggling to make money with the original Gundam. It was actually a financial failure, complete financial failure. And then once they recut the movies, they turned and kind of targeted an older demographic. And they realized they can make fucking buckets of money. 
Um, Makes sense. So that's kind of why they had to cut a lot yep. of the stupid shit like that, which I think ultimately is better, but it, it doesn't make for good films. Yeah, like I, I appreciate what Gundam did for the genre, but yeah. it you know it's it's very limiting. I don't I don't think I necessarily recommend it. It was mostly to be talked about because of its cultural importance, but it, and it also has char. And Char actually is actually really fucking great. Yeah. He's, he's basically just the Count Best of Monte Cristo. That's part of the show. Yeah. He's basically yeah, he just is. the Count of Monte Cristo. He's on a revenge kick. He's uh, he's he just wa- he wants vengeance. He doesn't care who he fucking steps over to do it. Um, and I believe because I've only I had like okay, so for Gundam, there's like um, there's several timelines, and this is the longest one. It in it goes on for years and years, and there's all these shows that take place during it, and most other shows are self-continued or self-contained. Yeah. Um. Apparently, Char just keeps getting better. <laughs> People say that Char Baiting pretty much just has like a fantastic arc that culminates in his own movie called Char's Counterattack. Um, so I don't know really what happens there, but apparently it's quite good. Arguably the one of the best things in the entire franchise, people say. So uh, if we ever get around to it, that's something to look forward to. When Char does uh, accomplish his mission at the end by killing the that uh, the leader or the girl or whatever her name was, mm-hmm. why is that death the most gruesome thing in the whole show out of nowhere? <laughs> it is oddly <laughs> excessive yeah I've, they had money left like, over everything else is like oh this guy like uh suicide bombs himself it's like you just see an explosion for charles the final shit for, uh, final shot it's a headshot you see the blood flying everywhere and it's like wait why did you decide to go all in on this shot they why not? had but yeah why not end yeah, it with the bang end it with end it with everything stemming up like you know getting to the maximum wake words are hard just um, out of nowhere, just show a full blown headshot yeah. with a what is basically a rocket launcher. Qu- question, actually, for you two guys: Did you guys watch the dub or sub? I watched the dub. The uh, a sub. Okay. Uh, Phazon, was that? I can read, that... Chris. <laughs> Lucky you. Look at Mister Privileged. Over. Yeah, I was just he lazy, dude. Read. I didn't feel like reading. I really didn't feel like. Yeah, I watched. I, I, I watched like all the Neon Genesis subbed, and I was like, "This is too much, man. I can't. I can't do this anymore." <laughs> I'm capable of so much. Um, but Phazon, was that? Was that Spike Spiegel's voice as Char? You're asking the wrong person. Okay, I'm going to just say, yeah, I think it was Spike Spiegel's voice as Char. So that was pretty fun. Um, everyone else gave a god-awful performance, except for him. Everyone yeah, else yeah, it was, was horrible. It was actually hard, so hard to watch. I should have just watched the sub because it was so hard to watch. <laughs> There's so many moments where it's like oddly paced the dialogue. Like someone will say, oh, yes, and then immediately like they'll just turn around and start talking to someone else because they couldn't really work this, yeah. this dialogue into a natural flow. Um, yeah, it's really bad. Uh, honestly, don't even bother watching the Gundam movies. You know, like, like if you really, if you At really point, want to, don't don't stop yourself. Okay, so like, I don't think it was. I'm looking it up right now. Really? God, am I wrong? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. At this wrong. point, like, you don't need to see these movies. I mean, if you like mechas or if you like mechas or want to see the influence, it you sure go ahead. But at the same point, it really doesn't hold up. Okay, so he actually, this might be the he. A lot of English voice actors worked on Char at different points in the franchise, and Steve Bloom, who is the voice of Spiegel, uh, in fact, did do it at some point. Is it? Yes. Is it just not on the fucking list? Yeah, I just just watched a different one. No, no, no. No, There actually actually were two dubbings for this, and the one that was on the website that I gave Tyler is considered garbage. So, it's very possible that okay, it's very possible I could have gotten the second one, but it was also very garbage. So, like, (laughs) we have no way of knowing. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to watch a Gundam show, go watch Gundam Wing or Gundam G or Iron Blooded Orphans or. Uh, Gundam else. Seed, Gundam Destiny, uh, Gundam Double O, 
Dude, they really fucking they're milking the series. <laughs> they never they never stopped making them. Uh, yeah, go watch any of the good Gundams, except for I think it's called Gundam Atlas. I think you need to watch a couple other ones before you do that. So just don't watch Gundam Atlas. Watch one of the other ones I said. I gave you a list. I made it easy for you. <laughs> um, anything else? Oh, everyone gets slapped. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for no fucking reason. No reason. I remember the in the first movie when Omaro was like shaking that girl. And he's like, you have to calm down. He just he slaps her right across the face. It reminded uh, me of just like happens, the scene from Airplane. <laughs> it, basically, it happens so frequently to anybody. It's like, oh, you're freaking out. You get slapped. You're talking back and have a good reason to. You get slapped. You I, want one too for no reason? <laughs> get over here. I feel Come like here. That, that's one of those that was just thrown in for like kids humor. Maybe. I don't that's know. I don't think that was kids humor. I think so. You don't think very so? Very aggressive. Like, just, like, seeing the commander coming hit. out of nowhere. I don't, I don't know. know the commander coming out of nowhere, just back slapping her. I think the context. I, I thought as a little cold. kid, I but like you, you wouldn't know the context as a kid, right? You just see somebody getting slapped. I, I Faison just watched a lot of weird shit when he was a child, man. I didn't watch much when I was a child. <laughs> it's a blank canvas. <laughs> um, I do think you know. Funny enough, I think that slap actually might be something that gets carried over into current login. Yeah. Like, I think that they might intentionally be referencing that because every time a character gets depressed here, someone slaps them to kind of pull their shit together. And in Gurren Lagann, like, one of the big phrases is like, let me see you grit those teeth. And then yeah. you deck the person to make them pull their shit together. And it's amazing. And I fucking, I fucking love it. Um, but enough talking about better shows. Anything else you want to say about Gundam? I think that's it. I really think that's it too. Tyler? Yeah, on to go on. No. No, Tyler. Come on, Tyler. What's wrong with look you? At the, look at the fucking Google Doc, bro. We have a Google you don't Doc even have it open. Tyler. He doesn't What's even wrong? have it open. He doesn't even have it open. We I know literally we do. Could... Why did you switch it? <laughs> we... <laughs> Chris said he was switching it. <laughs> I, don't I, didn't he heard... that I don't think he heard me because he was on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. blame it I mean, uh, come on, Tyler. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway. I keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. Second show we're going to talk about is Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, which is a face, effectively a 25 episode series about why you should go to therapy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the show. There is, I don't need to give you any other, actually, no, I need to give you some more context. Um, it's very rare for us to do spoiler warnings on the show. I only ever do it if it's truly something I feel like I think not enough. Well, I think that more people need to watch and it's, it would be danger. It would be hurtful to the experience if I let you guys know too much about it. So trying to spoil is, the show is like trying to spoil Twin Peaks. It doesn't matter. I no, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that's why I will not Tyler, don't fucking fight. No, me. but there, there are some some like major plot points that you can spoil in this. I mean, even I would argue that even talking about the thematic elements of the show could take away from someone's experience watching it for the first time. So all I'm gonna say is if you if you know what, honestly, if you've been feeling down because of the pandemic and everything, don't watch this watch show. This. No, no, no. Watch this show. Actually, I think this might be just the perfect mindset to watch this show in. 25 episodes. It Netflix. might just sink you deeper in, though. But it might sink you so deep you come out the other side. <laughs> That's not how that works. At, let's watch. This I, mean, show. It, it might, I mean, it might. It might be how it works if you mean the other side is something else. <laughs> no, I think I truly think that this is the type of show that if you if you're not in a great place. And you watch it, it can really be. And you need a little push. No, I think it can really be. Tyler, a what's wrong with you today? What the fuck's wrong this with you, Tyler? Me up. I'm not me setting up. you up. I'm saying that I think that watching Neon Genesis can truly be a transformative experience, depending on what state you are in when you watch it. I think that that this is a That's very true. emotionally charged show and an important show because of its production, which I'm going to go into a lot. 
I know a lot about the show. I really love this show. Um, and because of that, I truly recommend to anybody and everybody to watch it, to stop watching this video and this, whatever this is, this audio and to go watch the show. Um, and if the show ends up having you too depressed and you end up really fucked up over it, uh, go watch the second show we're going to talk about, Gurren Lagann. This is also the spoiler warning for that. It's also really good. Also go in without spoilers. So that'll that's your pick me up for when you're done, if you need it. And if you don't, also watch it anyway. It's also really good. Um, but if you're still too down after that, go to Chris's Twitter and say, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah, you know what? If you are still down after that, I'm trying to use Twitter more. You can, you can yell at me for what I did. And uh, we can have a deep discussion about... Um, Hideko Ano's mental health because I think that's really what the show's about. Chris will be your therapist on Twitter. You heard I'm more Twitter. than happy to be your therapist on Twitter. I'm not qualified. I shouldn't legally even be allowed to, but um, I'll do it anyway. Sounds like a good time for. It sounds like a good time. Anyway, Evangelion. <laughs> it's it's late. I got work at seven, so I I don't even know what's wrong with me today. <laughs> um, Evangelion is basically the story about an incredibly depressed boy named Shinji with uh, extreme abandonment issues. I mean, um, his mom also died. With with a dead mother and extreme abandonment issues revolving around his cold father and a complete and distinct inability to communicate with others who is pretty much found thrust into a situation where he is piloting a giant mech called an Ava in order to save the Earth from these bizarre alien creatures called angels, which are... Uh, attacking, attacking the planet um, consistently. Uh, he is joined by a couple of other pilots throughout the course of the show um, who we'll, we'll get to rather in depth as the show goes on. And um, truly it's saying that little summary does that not... That doesn't even scratch it the is, surface it is of the show. Like the first five episodes. It's a, a drop of water in the bucket of something so much larger and so much denser. Uh, truly, I, do, I think that trying to explain the plot of this show would probably take up the allotted time slot we have for it here. Hand, um, yeah, definitely. So I will pretty much not be covering the entirety of the plot. I will pretty much just say what I said. He's writing these mechs. He's fighting these aliens. Not everything is as it appears. Um, and if you focus too much on the plot, I think you're doing the wrong thing while watching this show. That's yeah. part of my opinion on it. Sure. I mean, there's an there is an obvious plot, but... The well, show obvious is a strong I word, but... Well, I mean, yeah, obvious is a very strong word. Yeah. <laughs> the way Chris has explained, not explained the show, explained the creator to me is that he's uh, Japan's David Lynch. Yeah. So let me, let me, let me talk about the creator of the show, Hideko Ano, um, who is fantastic. And I just, I compare him to David Lynch when talking to Tyler strictly because of the style that I feel is used in Evangelion. There's a lot of mundaneness, a lot well, of before calm. Before we get into that. Oh, okay. Let's Tyler get into that. Before you, like, David Lynch is a filmmaker who is very unique. You know exactly what kind of, like, you know when you're watching something that it's him because he films conversations that are kind of uncanny. The dialogue is not how people normally speak, but it's so close to it. You got this weird feeling that you're watching something that's not from here. And then most of the time you watch his work and you don't really get what's going on, but you get the feeling of it. So that's similar to how Neon Genesis is because you may not exactly understand what's going on, but you definitely feel it. Yeah. Um, I think that personally, I like, I mean, this is going to be a weird comparison that doesn't really make much sense or a weird contrast to say, I think that Neon Genesis is better than Twin Peaks. 
um, pretty wholeheartedly. You haven't finished Twin Peaks? I have like four episodes left in Twin Peaks season three, but I, I can guarantee you there's no way in hell it's going to change my mind. Uh, simply because I think there are certain things that Neon Genesis does, which helps the fact that the plot is actually intentionally incomprehensible. But uh, first, back to talking about Anno, I did compare him to David Lynch. He uses a lot of moments of mundaneness and a lot of shots where almost nothing of value is ha- seemingly happening, <laughs> uh, punctuated by bizarre imagery, uh, moments of intense violence, and fucking nightmare fuel. <laughs> um, this is, can is be seen like most. Lynch, yeah, Lynch is like also Lynch did in a lot in season three of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I mean, even season think, two of Twin Peaks. But I think that might be my only complaint about this show is that the episodes felt a little too formulaic, at least uh, throughout the beginning. Whereas, like, they fight. Well, nothing really happens. Angel attacks, they fight, and then Shinji ends up in the hospital. Like, every time. I don't know. I So here's the thing that I feel about. At, at least uh, in the beginning. But, I mean, like, I don't disagree the, with that. I partially just, I mean, again, I think um, that when it comes down to it, Hideko Ono said this, and I kind of agree with him on this, looking for the plot of Evangelion is kind of like, it's kind of like missing the forest for the trees, you know? Like, he intentionally made the plot as oblique and incomprehensible as possible just to fuck with the type of otakus who were really into the series at the time. Um, Similar to David Lynch, when you ask him what the hell the movie's about, when you ask Lynch what the hell the movie's about, he's like, oh, whatever you think it is. It's like, and then he would say something crazy. It's like, oh, what does that mean? It's like, go go ahead, figure it out. Yeah, kind of something like that. Um, There's reasons for this that I'll get into in a bit. But the point is basically that, you know, if the the structure might be formulaic in that there is an angel attack every every episode, there is a new angel attack. And pretty much every episode, it's about the group uh, trying to deal with that angel attack in in some way or form, right? But the thing that's really changing and the thing that really matters, I feel, is pretty much just the characters. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, I had to find something to dislike about the show, I feel like. And that was like the, it was like the one little nitpicky thing I thought of. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, it is, this is, this is a not traditional show. I can understand people, like, I can very much understand people not liking this show. Yeah, I I can too. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna keep going back to like the Lynch and Twin Peaks comparison. Like, I Twin Peaks has tons of moments where it's like five minutes of a guy just sweeping and nothing happens. Yeah, but Twin Peaks also Similar actually isn't here. very good a lot of the time. Uh, well, that's bullshit. So season one is not season one is a fucking mess structurally speaking, Tyler. I don't care if you one? like that. It's li- yes. Wait, one, not one. two. I actually kind of like two, a lot more. One, even I under I, I guess even with the well, the bullshit's really stupid. You reminded me of the bullshit. I kind of pushed that out of my mind. I mostly remember the lodge. I understand. We'll what, I understand. We'll yeah, get we'll get to Twin Peaks. Peaks. I have mixed feelings about Twin Peaks. I don't. Hate I don't it. think we have time for a Twin Peaks rant. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't hate next it, year. and I don't next love year. it. We'll save the rest for next year. Um, whereas, yeah, Evangelion. So I, we've said this before. The thing I like most about a show is theme, right? Um, most of the time, theme is uh, pushed forward and punctuated by narrative. Right. It, it, the actions that are going on in a story are what uh, usually give an idea of what the theme is. In this case, that is almost entirely completely not the point. Uh, instead, the thing that really pushes theme forward is the characters and the way they behave and kind of what they represent as far as their creator goes and the conclusions they come to by the end of the series. So I think that to, to like 
you know, I think that the way, the only way to really understand the show is to understand Anno a little bit. Uh, before doing the show, he entered an intense four-year depressive state after the show he was showrunning pretty much completely failed. That explains a lot about the show, though. He was extremely depressed, yeah, for four years. Um, and when you watch the show, you, you can very clearly see, and he said this much as well, that he pretty much poured uh, every single ounce of himself into this show. Uh, everything that he went through there, all of his pain and all of that is very evident in this show. Uh, it's also very evident that Shinji is kind of loosely based off of a part of him, a uh, part of him that he always says likes to try and run away from situations and is impo- and completely incapable of genuinely communicating with others and, and a number of other things. Uh, Asuka, at the same time, is another part of Hideko Anno, uh, a part of him that puts high expectations on himself and when he doesn't meet those high expectations, uh, begins to self-loathe. Um, and all the other characters are all pretty much just aspects of, of himself put to character. And because of that, all of these characters are incredibly complex and dense and well thought out and fleshed out in a way that not many others ever really are in anything else. Like this, this is really a cast of people, uh, very broken and very fucked up people, but yeah. you know, very distinctly people nonetheless. You know, they're not, they're not, they don't even feel like characters half the time. Um, and that's just because of what they're based on, the fact that they're based on experience. And I think that creates a very interesting scenario when watching the show because it becomes a lot easier for it's a, it's a lot easier to see yourself in a character when that character is painfully human. Yeah. So mm. I think it's very easy to watch Evangelion and at least see part of yourself in some of the characters. And by definition of the types of people who are the cast of Evangelion, it is almost always going to be the worst parts. It, it leads to the show being a very... I've compared it to a Rorschach test when watching it um, because I feel like anyone can watch the show and pretty much get something completely different from it. Uh, it turns out that Hideyako Ano compares it more to a puzzle. Um, I personally like Rorschach tests as a little bit of a better <laughs> metaphor, but you know, hey, that's just me. <laughs> Who am I? Uh, Not okay. the creator. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is something of a Rorschach test. So I kind of, before I give more and more of my thoughts, I kind of give a few here, but I want to kind of see what did you take away from the show, both of you? That it's incredibly emotional and at times rough to get through. But it is totally worth it to see the whole thing, even though, well, I got mixed feelings on the actual ending and not the movie ending. Uh-huh. Because this, yeah, for those who don't know, the show's ending was extremely controversial that they, that uh, the creator later did a movie called End of Evangelion to more or less fix the ending. Or get I disagree with that statement completely. I mean, that's what I'm putting. Not fit. Like, he just gets a different view of it, the ending. Different view of it, yeah. But, I, I mean, I'll get into that when in a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about I mean, End of Evangelion. I mean, you can't say he didn't try and fix it. it by, like, he did not he try and a fix second it. Ending. He, he did made not, a second ending. It is not the same. It's happening simultaneously. Yeah, you, but, but I'm saying you were you you can either go with that. Um, the only reason that second movie ending? got made was because him and the staff received a huge amount of death threats. Because of that, the movie takes on a drastically so darker tone. So he tried to la- fix it. He did not try to fix it. The movie takes on a, a much darker tone than the last two episodes because the movie is not about fixing the show. It's a response to the fans, and it's an angry one. The, movie's, the movie takes a much dar- darker thematic tone to it. And even after for a good... Uh, it is massive, much darker than the... It is significant. The, the, the actual the last two episodes, yes. But I the think last it two still episodes. fits... 
no, it's yeah, okay. the series, but the like last the two sh- episodes yeah. of the show, it literally ends with Shinji just basically, the, 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 the pinnacle of Shinji's realization in the last two episodes of the show is that he can change the things he wants to and he can grow not to hate himself. Uh, the further pinnacle of End of Evangelion is that it's worth it to live as an individual and reject instrumentality, even if that means he is going to constantly hurt and be hurt by other people, further punctuated by the first action he does by getting out of instrumentality being strangling a woman. Yeah, which, That's by the way, came out fucking of fucking darker. nowhere. Yeah, it's massively <laughs> fucking darker, Tyler. I don't know how you could possibly argue otherwise. Then the two and episodes, yeah, I thought you were comparing it to the whole and show. And it's significantly I mean. darker because it is meant to be a response to the fans who pretty much pissed him off during all this. It's not a fix, it's a response. And the movie even uh, conti- goes forward with a sequence that just shows the real world. Pretty much telling its know. audience... I- it basically is telling his audience to get their head out of the fucking show and pay attention to the real world and stop running away from it in their fiction, which is something that Hideo Ono has talked about repeatedly because of his distaste for otaku culture, which is something he sees himself in. And there's really no I, I don't I know, see- Tyler's, because I am quoting mostly just <laughs> fucking interviews here. <laughs> yeah, but I, what I'm saying is a fuck you can still be. It's like, all right, fuck you. Uh, you want me to fix it? I'll fix it. The fix is a fuck you because he had to do it's it not anyway. A fix, if he didn't, Tyler. But- yeah, it didn't really feel like a fix. It's not a fix. It's an if anything, he could have just a, left the show as it is, though. It's an alternate ending, Tyler. I don't it's think it's really a fix. Ending. It's simultaneous. Is it's it still simultaneous a different ending? ending? It is not a different ending. It's the same ending, Tyler. It is the same. Yeah, ending I feel like the endings were the same. Further. They effectively Ish. are. Yeah, they they have a different tone because in the second one, Ano is is much more angry at the situation and at people basically missing the fucking point of the original show. The show became so intensely popular that Anno continued to make the plot more messy because people continued to grow and love the show and use it as an escape, which is the exact opposite of what he wanted. Yeah, the whole the point ma- was one that... One of the major themes of Evangelion is you can't run away. Yeah. Stop running away. That's what Anno is pretty much saying as the major message of the show. And he felt that people were running away from the real world into his fiction. So he instead creates a piece of fiction that is so brutal and angry and shocking and then throws in your face the real world. It's not a fix. It's it's a middle finger, and that's it. It's the exact same structure. It's the exact same narrative with a massive middle finger, which is interesting. I mean, actually, I like the ending of 24 and 25 more than Evangelion. It's pure oh, to what I, I think it's pure to what Anna was trying to do with the characters. And I think that in Evangelion, the characters are the only thing that matters. The narrative is irrelevant because the narrative only exists to support the theme that we already know because of Shinji and Asuka and Rei and Misato and Kan- Kun- um, Kaji, Kaji. Yeah. Kaji and all these other characters. We already understand that. The narrative doesn't really add anything beyond further accent- accentuating theme. The theme being a lot (laughs) a lot of things yeah there are a lot of themes in the show yeah i mean you know we talked about the the major ones of don't you can't run away from things shinji is a character a person who constantly runs away from every issue he runs away from his inability to be uh to communicate with people to to be able to have a relationship with his father uh and his father's the exact same way gender ran away from shinji and the fear that he would only constantly be hurting him yeah i feel Uh, like a major theme in this also is just that like you can get in a relationship and not hurt like other people, you know, that you can't or can you can't like, like yeah. you can have a normal relationship, you know, you're, you're always going to hurt someone. Yeah. I mean, the show uh, specifically, one of the episodes is titled something of the hedgehog. 
and it's referencing something called the uh, the hedgehog principle. The hedgehog's dilemma. The hedgehog's dilemma. Yes, where effectively yeah. hedgehogs will huddle together for warmth, but they have spikes on their on their skin, so they unintentionally yeah. continue to prick each other. The idea being that humans are exactly like hedgehogs, where we long to not be alone, but we are incapable of not hurting one another. Yeah, that whole bit is said in like in that episode. Yeah, I think it's in the same episode they talked about. I think it's um, what's her name? Miss Thomas. Like the fourth. It's like the fourth episode or something. Yeah, it's pretty early on they mention it, and that's a major function of the show. People are lonely. People want to be together and be around other people, and yet are incapable of actively communicating and end up hurting one another. The show provides an answer to that problem, which is instrumentality. The idea of taking all people and merging them into a single consciousness. That's 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 the intent of the, the villains of the show. And of the protagonist of the show, technically. Um, it's this idea of instrumentality. Uh, but then the show pretty much goes and says that if everyone is one person, then no one is an individual. And if you're not an individual, you can't be defined as an individual. And ultimately, Shinji rejects the idea of instrumentality instead to be his own person. Yep. Stops running away. This show is pretty much just pure theme. It is pure yeah. theme being pushed by characters and occasionally being pushed by whatever semblance of the plot you can manage to find, all being uh, exclamated yeah. by insane visuals. Do do we want to take a step back and talk about the plot a little bit? Sure. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Which will like with whatever we can you know get from it or whatever we're able to piece together. Should we try and do just like a TLD? Like, should I try? Should I try and actually give you the plot? I mean, we gave the basic plot, but as the show progressive, like even from the beginning, you realize that there's more to it. It's not just a kid in a mech suit fighting uh, aliens. You get these small glimpses of, um, like, oh, the the uh, robots he's fighting in aren't exactly robots. Yeah. Uh, the angels he's fighting. Uh, uh, are related to the robots in a more direct way than like we thought. Um, there's like this secret order. The dad's trying to uh, have some, uh, like he's trying to get revenge for his wife's death. That's not the case. No, wasn't that what, no. something to do with that? No, he's not trying to get revenge for his wife. Kate. He he's okay. Oh, uh, wants to get her back or something like that. He wants to become one with her in instrumentality. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll try and give uh, the briefest summary of the plot. Um, all throughout the galaxy, every time there's a fertile planet, an egg lands. And yep. it is either a white egg or a black egg. I think the black egg belongs to a being called Lilith, and the white egg belongs to a being called Adam. Um, from the They're black called egg, uh, Seeds of Life, right? Seeds of Life, yeah. yeah. Seeds of Life. Um, on Earth, however, a seed for both Lilith and Adam landed. Um, however, Lilith's egg, Lilith's seed basically won out, and that became that would become the human's race, the children yep. of Lilith, right? I think they even call it the Lithalin at some point. Yep. Um, the angels, however, are children of Adam, and they are effectively trying to get to Adam, who is being kept at the bottom of Nerve's headquarters. Although that's technically Lilith, but Adam, I think Gendo has him basically. Uh, I thought the other Ad one had Adam. Seal? No, Gendo has Adam because then Gendo puts Adam in his hand and merges it with Ray. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, at first it seems like they might actually be going towards Lilith because when Kaoru, who is basically 
God, this is really fucking weird to explain, isn't it? Karu, who is basically yep. the avatar of Adam, does break into that? Nerve. It, it gets, it, again, the plot doesn't fucking matter very much. It's cool once you know it, but it's actually not that important. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. Like, in my head, I just want to understand it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, basically, the angels are children of Adam who are trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the angels are children spent- of Adam who are trying to get there and trying to uh, free or trying to merge with Adam and they have the potential to cause something called a third impact. Yep. Each impact that has happened has been an extinction level event. Um, and this third impact has the potential to be even worse. Um, the organization known as SEAL uh, wants the third impact to happen in a certain way in order to cause human instrumentality for themselves, put themselves in the body of an Ava and become a godlike being to reign supreme. Um, Gendo is working. Basically the Illuminati. Basically the Illuminati. Gendo wants is working with Seal because he wants instrumentality ha- to happen specifically so he can again be with his wife. And uh, at the end of the day, Ray, who is a pseudo clone of Gendo's dead wife and also the embodiment of Lilith, mother of all humanity. Uh, I do want to say this. I was kind of you were right very close. You were very when you- when <laughs> when we started when we were watching the show like a year ago, where I was like, that's like his half sister or some shit, right? It's not like his half mother, but you're not. Yeah. You're very close. <laughs> very close no i I didn't want to say anything when you said that because i was like he's almost there i I was like they're related so they have to be related somehow wasn't expecting the half mother (laughs) yeah an interesting way to do it um but yeah lilith sorry no ray who is partially the dead mom and partially lilith um effectively chooses to do instrumentality her own way giving humanity the choice to break from from instrumentality if they choose to be an individual which is also that scene was just weird. I mean, every scene in this. Which in, one? Every, yeah, <laughs> giant naked Ray. Gi- oh, giant yeah, naked Ray uh, clinging over the planet and causing the end of the world as humanity explodes into mass, massive exploding crosses. Yep. That I thought you were talking about one. disintegrating. I thought you were talking about disintegrating multiple clones, Ray. That was another one. That was also I, you, another you could, one. You could also be talking about giant naked Ray, Ray kind of like bending backward and then giant naked Karu popping out of her abdomen to talk yeah. to Shinji. Because that's also a rather weird moment. All of them. That's that's um, what I meant. There's so many. Just, 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 the, the the anime is shot extremely well. There's so many like amazing looking scenes next to the shit that keeps you awake at midnight. Yeah. No. There's a lot of visual nightmare fuel in this. Even like because mostly everything we've talked about has been from End of Evangelion. Um, which it could you know when it comes to narrative that movie gives it more than anything else. But throughout the regular parts of the show. Um, when Eva 01, which is Sinji's uh, mech unit, goes berserk and just yeah. begins tearing the shit out of the first couple of angels it fights. It's like it ends up like eating it or yeah, some literally shit. Eating was... it. Yeah. Or, or when um, when it fights against like, I think it's like basically the giant like glowing version of Ray, and it just turns into like an animal crawling on all fours almost attacking. Yeah, it, it's horrifying. Yeah. Or even like yeah. when, uh, like even just the imagery of Lilith, who is just alien being nailed to a cross with like half humans kind of growing out of her abdomen. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a there's a lot of very there's a lot of terrifying imagery. shit in this show. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh it's not for the weak of heart, and yet should explicitly be seen by the weak of heart. Yeah. And with all those terrifying things, you have the non-companion, non-human companion, a fucking penguin. Pen Pen! Oh, pen, yes, pen. I pen, love pen, pen Pen. Pen Pen is the only good person in this fucking show. He's the, the only good person. Just chugging beers every time you see him. 
Well, technically, he's just trying to make sure that his alcoholic master, Masato, doesn't fucking die. Yeah. Also that, yeah. It's, it doesn't do a great job. Yeah, Masato, here's the thing. We haven't even talked about the characters. We've just tried to talk about the plots and themes, and yet the show is so dense that we fail to completely. Yeah. Um, and yet the characters are actually the most complex aspect of it. So let's take a shot at them. Um, we've talked Who do we want to start with? Shinji. Might as well start at the beginning, right? Well, we, we, talked we a got bit a Shinji. decent amount on him. Um, he's incredibly depressed, sexually repressed, uh, really bad daddy issues, yeah. unable to communicate, unable to express his feelings. His relationship with Asuka is incredibly toxic because they don't expect different things from each other that they'll never provide one another. Um, it's sad. He's probably the purest form of Ano as a person, or at least a large chunk of him. He's the otaku that Ano despises in and of self. Uh, whenever Ano references his work, he says he likes parts of it. And they ask him what parts he doesn't like. He says the parts he sees himself in. And we know pretty consistently that that refers mostly to his characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is the verse. This is the character that Ano is showing out to be the most broken uh, in order to also be arguably their most relatable by the largest viewership. Um, but he's deeply complex the, and really fucked up. You know, the viewership hates Shinji half the time because he doesn't do a lot. That's of course the, they do. The, but the also, viewership. Yeah. yeah. I mean, viewership a lot of the viewership hates shit. Shinji because they see a lot a bit too much of themselves in it. It's a very awkward position to have to experience. Yeah, but I also don't get like, of course he's going to be like, like the biggest complaint I've seen is that he's a whiny like, bitch, right? Mm. Yeah. But of like, course he's going to be. He's like fucking 14. Dude, yeah, the shit do you, he has to do, like one. Yeah, I mean, listen. I just, the... There's some complaints. Some complaints are like, oh, like the world's about to end. He's like trying to kill himself or something. It's like, yeah. I mean, like he, he was like he had to kill like a random innocent person because his dad made him do it. Yeah, yeah. Man, and the then car, the whole car situation. Yeah, and then he's like, fucked up. Fuck, like I don't want to do this anymore. Like no shit. Yeah, I mean, it. A lot of I feel like um, most of the anime community lacks any fucking nuance whatsoever in terms of understanding. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, the so popular ones probably the, just want to see like big bad main fight. character that is a badass total Chad just fuck shit up. They want to watch SAO and that's yeah. the bad TV show. Don't watch SAO. It's garbage. Um, has really bad. You put that in a category, didn't you? I did. I did because I'm so I don't like that show and I'm just going to shit on it. It's actually we're going to have a guest for that week, probably. Um, but <laughs> OK, yeah, that's Shinji. Uh, people hate him because they missed the goddamn point. Um, let's move on to a second character. Uh, Asuka, we've talked loosely about. She's hot-headed, temperamental, puts high expectations on herself, and yep. then has deep self-loathing, has commitment issues, not commitment issues, is also a dead mom. For, huh? Also a, a dead, dead mom. Another dead mom. Um, and he has a lot of issues because of it, um, and is constantly kind of being loud and abrasive and putting herself out there to try and buy for attention because she was never able to get the attention she could from her mother because her mother pretty much ignored her existence and replaced her with a doll from extreme, extreme yeah, because she had like illness. super like uh, schizophrenia or something, something along those lines. I don't know if the show ever named what it was. And then her father effectively abandons her to bang the hot nurse, and then the nurse couldn't relate to her either, so she pretty much ends up just growing up on her own and trying to grow up very fast and considers her to be to be an adult and refuses the help of others despite the fact that she desperately needs it. Yep. Um yeah, her incredible really her complex scene, really fucked up. Her scene like halfway through the show when she just is de fucking destroyed by mental trauma is one of the toughest scenes to watch in the whole thing including the movie. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be hard to stomach in this. Um I mean her scene was the toughest for me. Yeah. yeah no, it was a tearjerker. I think even even her sequence in End of Evangelion where like 
she's able to pilot her mech again because she's able to kind of balance out her feelings with her mother, but it's not enough pretty much to win the fight. And she yeah. quite literally gets torn apart and eaten by the... Oh, when she gets us. spiked like 60 times? Spikes like 60 times. Her arm gets cut in half. She loses her <coughs> eye and she gets pretty much eaten alive. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of intense fucking shit. Um, another character. <laughs> How about Ray? Nobody has a happy ending in the show. <laughs> no, I disagree. I think that the show as a whole does have a happy ending, and I'll fight. Yeah, that I, think later. It, I think it has. A no, happy no, no, ending. no. Wait. The show, the show. Okay, yes. The movie is something else. No, the movie. The movie because ultimately the movie has the same ending as the show. It just takes it one step further. Hmm. It ultimately, like, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Let's keep. I can't keep talking. It's, I'll keep doing it. Damn it! I'll keep talking about this all day. I could dedicate a whole podcast to this show. Um, yeah, Ray pretty much sees herself as an empty vessel and as a doll because she was man-made and synthetic and doesn't yeah. believe she has any will of her own and believes she exists to have people impose their will upon her. Um, ultimately, Which she is makes yeah, kind of true. It's kind of tr- it, it's true and it's not. It's true that she was man-made, but it's not true that she doesn't have her own will because we do see her take up action on her own will on a number of occasions. Most importantly, during the final part of the movie where she chooses to do instrumentality at her own turns, defying Gendo. Yeah, she saw as a father figure. Um, she's less complex than the others because she's kind of more. She's more of like a. I don't really even know what to say. You know, like she's still complex by scale of any other show. She doesn't have any what I guess like human flaws. Yeah, her flaws are a little more ethereal. Not to say that they can't be experienced by a human, but they definitely. There's, it's there's it's nothing that like of, really really hits like. You know, close to home. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not, I mean, you you might relate to some aspects, but compared to everyone else, compared she's to the like probably the, other the least relatable. Yeah. Um, let's just hop onto another one. Misato uh, is trying to be a mother figure for Shinji. Uh, has a lot of daddy issues because her father passed away. Yep. Uh, has extreme issues when it comes to sex and relationships. Is not a horrible to have drinking a problem. Healthy, yeah, really bad drinking <laughs> problem. Not able to. Uh, Pretty much have a genuine relation Dude, with Kaji. That, her that like split. Uh, fuck. There was this one scene where uh, her and Kaji go out mm-hmm. drinking, like drinking at night. Yeah. And then there's like this one little like frame of them just fucking the alleyway. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. She was throwing up. No, yeah, no, no. Not, yeah, but, the fuck. They fuck at the end of that episode. Yeah, yeah, but in the alleyway, she was throwing up, and he was helping her. Was that her yeah, throwing that, up? Yeah, he was her throwing up. Are you no, sure? I, I, it, for a second, it caught me as well, and then I realized she was throwing up. It okay. could have been either. I do. I think the imagery on that was meant to be at least a little bit vague to catch you, because that was the first thing I thought as well. But um, I think she was just throwing her from the alcohol. Uh, yeah, she's okay. also incapable of having it. Well, I mean, she mentions that walking home after that scene anyway. Yeah, yeah. She mentions yeah. that she threw up, so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But yeah, she's also fucked up. She's not mature enough to be an adult for Shinji, but she's trying to be, even though she's pretty Yeah, much because she realizes that he's in else. a horrible situation. But she's just as fucked up and lost as anybody else in the show. Um, that siphons us pretty easily to Kaji, her ex-boyfriend, who is he, on, he off cannot on again. Yeah, off again on a boyfriend who cannot. He just can't. He can't be honest. He can't be a genuine person. He kind of puts everything under a facade of being this relaxed, cool guy, and it gets him killed at the end of the day. And he, he pretty much just cannot. He again, he's just as fucked up as everyone else. Yeah, that, that's the theme of the show. Uh, Shinji's seemingly cold and distant father is actually terrified of hurting and ruining him, which is kind of what he does here anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that seems like a very common thing. 
Yeah, for, I mean, like, I don't know, man. It's it's fucked. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, if I could, if I can just summarize the show, it's fucked, and that's kind of a lot of what the show is saying. The show is saying, I mean, that I, people and things are all really fucked up, and you're really fucked up. If you um, go into the show only expecting a, a mech type show, which is basically what I did, like I knew the whole everyone, I know that it's a beloved show. I knew the hype around it. And from the first episode, I could you can tell that there was something else going on that's not just mechs. You you still have no idea what you're getting into if you have no idea about it. Dude, yeah. if you're listening to this part of the podcast, you still have no idea where you're going into. Yeah. We We've just been rambling for like an hour. We can't do it justice. There's too much here to talk about, and it's all too good to talk about. We didn't even talk about Karu, um, who is the 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 final angel. Yeah. And who, he's also like a uh he's made from a uh, Adam? He's made from Adam. He's made from yeah. Adam. He's the final angel. And um, one interesting thing that I should say, because what did you guys watch? Dub or sub? Uh, uh, sub. Sub. Okay. Well, the subs and the dub um, were redone by Netflix. Um, in the original uh, subbed version, because this movie has basically been in, um, this show, I should say, has basically been in rights hell for about 10 years. And it only finally got a legal release now with Netflix. Um, so it should be said that in the original cut of the series, Shinji does not say, I like you to Karu. He says Karu was like the only person, the first person he ever loved. That's an important distinction to make. Yeah. That they pretty much that is phase a out. Huge. Important. Yeah. Massive yeah. distinction to make, especially in a show where your protagonist, Shinji, finds it incredibly difficult to have a genuine connection to another human being. And then you fucking shift that out. It's really stupid and I hate it. And they did it for some fucking reason. Yeah. That actually like takes away so much from that. It, it does. It takes yeah, away it a That's massive crazy. amount from episode what? 20. Episode 24 is one of the best episodes in the entire series. It's the only episode with Karu, and the fact that they cut that away is super stupid because it just fucking derails from so much of the character work. Also, the fact that he was only in one episode but left that that big of an impact is he ridiculous. I mean... Yeah, I thought he was in at least... I know he's in it for an extremely short amount of time, but I thought he was in at least two. One episode. He might show up at the very end of 23, like on the lake when Shinji's by the water. But the only episode that, that might be what I'm has, thinking of. The only episode he has any real fucking purpose in is 24, and yet he's one of the best up characters of the show. Yeah, because he's he's basically like the outsider looking in, and he's just basically telling Shinji about what Shinji's problems are and helping him, and he's like a genuinely good relationship in Shinji's life, which is desperately what he needs and has been seeking for this entire time. He's he's valid, like he provides validation without requiring Shinji to be in a fucking robot, which is what Ta- Shinji has tied his identity to throughout the course of the entire series. Yep. Again, there's a lot that there's a lot to be said and we can't do it justice. Um, I think <laughs> how long have we been talking about it? I have no idea. I have it's no pro- idea. It, it's eleven forty <laughs> right now. So like probably close to fifty minutes. Yeah. I've we probably- should somehow try wrapping this up soon. <laughs> okay. Let's just go by bullet points. It's a great mystery. It provides, it's very compelling watching week to week, trying to, not week to week, watching episode to episode, trying to figure out uh, what, the, what hell the hell is going, going on. on. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Ava designs well, are fucking amazing. I yep. love these mech oh, designs. Yeah. Um, what the Avas are, ultimately, is a fantastic answer. They are one part angel and one part the souls of the pilot's mothers, which yeah, is... Yeah, which is, like, super fucked up. Super fucked they up, and of... also explains why when they won't, when they can't react to their mech and why their, rea- their mech reacts Yeah, like, goes berserk. And well, also, not, more yeah. interestingly, provides a lot of really well, interesting he... visual imagery because when they're in the N2 tubes and they're in this fluid, it's effectively returning to the womb, which mm. um, ties into the idea of... Um, 
the human death drive, which is a whole fucking other thing. There's a lot of ways you can take the show, um, which we won't get too far into, but let it be known that there's a lot of very potent visual imagery there that ties into a lot of psychological aspects, psychological takes on the show. Yeah, uh, especially in, yeah. I think, uh, episode 25, maybe, where uh, Asuka's mother's talking to her. Yeah. And she's like, you, you shouldn't die. You're like, you're alive. And then at the same time, it's like, please die with me. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her character goes through so much shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they all do, but they her, all do. Asuka goes through a lot. I mean, at first, when you see Asuka, you think she's might, she's this annoying kind of asshole. Yeah. That's what I thought. And I was but like, then, man, she just fucking sucks. But then you keep learning about her and then you just feel bad. Yeah. Um, the music's fucking amazing. You feel bad, you feel bad a lot. You feel, the bad, show. you feel bad a lot. The music's fucking amazing. The opening is amazing. The original cut of the series had Fly Me to the Moon as its ending, and it was fucking perfect. I love the opening, man. I, I, the opening I, is, this is one of the openings I've never skipped. I, 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 I would, I've seen like, I've seen this opening played live, like, like on YouTube. I've seen people like people, the, the original singer sing this opening to live crowds, and the fucking hype for it is, is insane. I would, yeah. I'd love to see this performed. This song is amazing. Um, the, there's also other isn't the like, lyrics depressing the hell? Um, the no they're not they're not really that parts okay. of them are depressing but I think that the, the ending well, is pretty I... much yeah every, the last anime, at least... are... every anime that I've seen which is very slim every intro is always upbeat music and then I'm looking at the lyrics like these lyrics do not match what you're doing no you're right <laughs> a lot of anime are... has very depressing lyrics I think like every the... upbeat very happy very happy lyrics I want to die <laughs> Uh, Tyler's uh, Japanese music album, his J-Rock album is coming up very soon, guys. Keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> we should definitely make Tyler do that. Um, you want me to try? No. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's also like, there's a song in End of Evangelion during the instrumentality, instrumentality, Tumbling Down. Tumbling Down, Tumbling, you know? During yeah. the instrument. Yeah, that song's yeah. fucking fantastic. I love that song. It works. It's like this weird, like pop-ish song. I don't even really know what to call the genre. I'm not good with music. And it's happening during arguably one of the most morbid moments in the entire show, or at least the trippiest. And it is fucking perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yep. God, the show is damn near perfect. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, once you get to the, the back half of it as well, you know, it starts to change even mediums, you know, like, it goes from its traditional animation to storyboards to literal like drawings on sheets of paper uh, to, to including live action imagery. Uh, and it works so well to go along with just what is basically everyone's uh, mental state disintegrating. Yeah. I mean, Anno's direction is fucking perfect. I mean, throughout the show, you even have these sequences where the characters are having introspective moments about their own thought processes and their beliefs. And it's it's done, instead of in this traditional animation, it's almost just done with these lines, squiggling either horizontally or vertically. Yeah, You can tell which, which, which side of a character is arguing with which side of themselves from which line is squiggling at the time. Mm. Um, I mean, fuck, Anno is amazing. Anno's direction... Uh, I mean, this show has a, had a rough production schedule. It was being written the day like every week that a show episode was being made it was still being written there was no plan going into it every like the, everything was pretty there were episodes where final cuts were handed into studios hours before they were due and only finished sounds minutes like us before that pretty much like <laughs> fucking us they were scrapping it what together. what do you mean <laughs> this is two weeks in advance what are you talking about it's uh 11 this episode is going to go up in about five hours and we're not even done recording it yeah um <laughs> 
you know, like th- he was literally throwing things together to make the show work. And yet somehow the product he created is deeply cohesive in both thematic and character elements. Um, and at the same time, it is so incredibly dense that everything that we've said, you know, that's just one way you can take the show. You can cut the show from a Freudian aspect with Death Drive and a bunch of other shit that I'm not going to bother getting into right now because yeah, we like we didn't need, we also right? didn't even touch on any of the religious aspects yeah, of the show. I mean, a lot of all, like, that's all of no, it. Save all it. of the angels have yeah. fucking names that come from different Jewish texts, like the Book of Enoch and other and um, the Anak Mod. I really yeah, just the there, there's a video out there. Just watch it. There's a number of videos out there, <laughs> and also several papers. Um, even the the tree that shows up the tree of life that shows up for instrumentality on both occasions for the second and third impact is based off of the Jewish tree of life, not the Norse one, which is what I initially expected and also gets shown up in several other shows uh, in the future. Um, You know, you can also do a a, a break. You can cut the show up into trying to discuss gender with the show, trying to discuss sexuality. There's so fucking much. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like it's such a dense show. There's there's so much to yeah, talk about is. that we can't that I, I hope actually no one's listening to this part because you all stopped to go and watch the goddamn show when I said to. I really hope well, you I mean, did. Again, too late yeah. now, but you should have. And now I'm I'm shaming I mean, you for not. I mean, did we I mean, really even spoil anything? <laughs> did they get it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I mean, I man, this could probably just sound like a bunch of like me, just me yelling for 10 minutes trying to explain Chris, that- I told you it's like trying to explain Twin Peaks. It's not gonna matter. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's the type of show that a lot of that I've seen times when people see it that they have a very deep reaction to it, which is why I believe that everyone should see it at least once. Yep. I had a very strong reaction to it the first time I watched it. I had an equally strong reaction to it this time. Uh, yeah. It's a show that is very close to me, and I I keep very close. I understand. I understand. This show is Hideaki Anno. It is him in in every single way. Understanding the show feels like understanding this guy more and more because you get what he put into it and why he put it into it. And the more you understand him, the more you understand the show, the more you understand the show, the more you understand him. And at this point, I really feel like I've gotten to understand his thought process and where he was when he had to make this. Yeah, you know, this is definitely a show where I feel like if I go back and watch it a second time, which I definitely will at some point, I'm going to enjoy it a little more. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Man, I, yeah. I mean, part of the fun is trying to piece everything together. And even after the first watch, you might still not have half of it. I think the first time I watched it, I basically did not know what the fuck the plot was anymore. Yeah, I had to read a lot to just get a basic grasp of the plot. There's, Oh, yeah, yeah. I kept reading along with like wikis and, sh- and shit after every, <laughs> well, especially the back half of the, season, of the show. Yeah, and once you get to the film. Um, yeah. Damn, I do love it. I do personally also prefer the original ending to End of Evangelion. We can't, we don't have time. I, I like no, we no longer have time to discuss. I like both. Don't I, get me wrong. I understand. I understand both. I like the movie more. I understand that the character, he, the ending for the show is, like you said, the character, the characters. Yeah. I just like, I, I like what the movie did when you actually see what happened. I respect. I mean, I like both. I think they both work perfectly together. I think that uh, I think it's just the lighter tone that came with episodes twenty four and twenty five, is is what it was what Anna was trying to put out before he felt like you had to retaliate. Yeah, and I, yeah. I kind of I, it feels a bit purer in that sense the message he wanted to get across. It um, is, but it's, I still like I, mean, I still love the film. Don't get me wrong, I still think the film's fantastic. I think this this yeah. both of these are amazing, 
And thankfully, yeah. we will get the chance to talk about more Evangelion because the rebuild films, the final one, is is finally fucking coming out after 13 years. <laughs> of about time. Waiting. So one day we're gonna get to cover those movies, and we will get you'll get to hear us ramble again, and it won't make any more sense the second time around. All right. Uh, on that note, <laughs> yeah, no. desperate, someone we, please take it away from me. Should we move on? Because like we could talk about this forever, but I feel like you know we kind of can't because we, we have, have another great episode. show to talk about. Our third show that we watched is Gern Logan, which takes place uh, on Earth that's ruled by a spiral king. I don't remember his name, though. Lord Genome or something? Yeah, yeah. So basically, the surface of Earth, like nobody can live on it except for these... Beastmen. Yeah, beastmen. And all the humans have relocated underground, but they've been living so for so long down there that they don't remember why. And this show follows... Simone and his sort of older brother, I'd say. I mean, like they just call they call each other brother. I don't. I don't think they're, no, they're not, not related. They're not really anyway. No. But Simone is basically, you know, like Shinji. He's a teenager that's like lost. I guess he's <laughs> he's much, weak. Yeah. Like, and basically, we just follow them throughout the show, trying to take back. The surface of the earth. Gurren Lagan is it's effectively Evangelion if Shinji had one good relationship in his life that yeah. lasted more than an episode. It's so much more optimistic it's, than it is. Genesis. Yeah. Well, that's this is the thing. Gurren Lagan is a sister piece to Evangelion in every sense of the way. Evangelion was a deconstruction of the mecha genre, taking its tropes and putting them in the most uh, and under the deepest and cruelest magnifying glass humanly fucking possible. Uh, Gurren Lagan basically said fuck that and then took Evangelion and flipped it on its head. Yep. Simon is a very similar character to Shinji. He struggles with communication. He has real bad bouts of depression. Yep. Um, he feels small and useless and is kind of seeking validation by being a gunman pilot. Um, but the difference here is that he has, in the beginning, at least one person who is there with him and helping yeah, him and that's pushing shooting him along. Con- yeah shooting confidence right into his arm and that's his big bro Kamina. And he's not I there already- for long but he's there wait <laughs> i was about to give the second spoiler warning go watch Gurren Logan. that was just spoiler warning I get- you already gave it this is like a sixth one i know i know people just need to watch both of these shows they're very good but yeah he- Kamina is is like the older brother simon and like Faison said Kamina actually does die around episode 13 eight Eight. Yeah, it's like oh, seven, eight, seven, eight. Or eight. seven yeah. or eight. Yeah. And um, when he does, Simone falls into a very strong depressive state. Something we'd see happen to Shinji. It was a very Evangelian type moment. However, not as he, dark. Definitely not well, as dark. It, 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 I mean, it gets pretty. He's, he's in a room carving head statues of Kamina over and over again and refusing to leave for weeks. That's true. So it actually would have gotten worse if he didn't meet me. <laughs> It would have only he. It would have been very Shinji esque if he did not meet Mia, another person who began to push him along, and just be a positive relationship in his life. And yeah. that's the thing about Gurren Logan. It's an incredibly optimistic show. It is so fucking positive. Yeah. It is. It's the. Shit. It's the most anime thing that I've seen. Yeah, it's the most anime thing you've ever seen. It is. Yeah. It's probably one of the most anime things out there. Period. It is extremely anime, and it kind of wears it on its sleeve. It's not, that, but that's what I like about the show. Like, it literally doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah. 
it's not it, no, it not doesn't take itself seriously and yet does have so much strong writing behind it yeah that, but like, like you you get you scenes, have to take it seriously you get scenes content. where like uh where they're in their mech and then like they kill something and then you see like their sunglasses pop up and it strikes a pose but like yeah. it doesn't feel out of you place you also have yoko you also have yoko who that's um, true Legally speaking, we cannot talk about it until we until we get to post time skip. We legally can't say anything until we get to post time skip. Um, huge. <laughs> post time skip phase on. Post time skip huge. <laughs> Boots, what are you doing in there? Oh God, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler. Um, what? She's got a great personality. Oh God, I'm gonna. <laughs> Boots, I really love that personality. It's a reconstruction of the super robot genre, like I mentioned earlier, and it's. Uh, <laughs> You know, you can you can really tell by the fact that it doesn't take it so seriously. The fact that everything's very animated, um, literally and and metaphorically here. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, I was talking about yeah, the, how animated. How well, actually, the, one thing I do want to touch on is that the colors in the show are just amazing. Gorgeous, gorgeous coloring. Oh yeah, um, really bright, really vivid. And I think that really works with a lot of the music. Um, a lot of the music's very upbeat. And and then there's like this and one the lyrics. <laughs> and then there's no there's the one track that's in I Latin. Want to die. There's no no there's the one track that's in Latin and then has some like like J rap in the middle of it just for good measure. Yeah. And it's like the hypest fucking song on the soundtrack. Oh what? You mean the when they cut to when it would be a commercial, the Grow Row Fight the Power, yeah. Like but the full yeah. song of it that has I think it's like Yeah, Libre in the back half of the show, yeah. It's like Libre Vici or something like that. I can't remember the last word. It's really good. It's really hype. All the music in this is really good. This is, by the way, also by the same studio that did Evangelion. Uh, I didn't mention that, but this is the same production studio, which is why it is a direct response to it. And oh, why actually, I, I had I, no idea. That's why I continue to, to call it a sister piece. Um, it it is a kind of indirect response to it, and it's good. I mean, the characters like Simon is a fucking fantastic protagonist. It's you really see him grow. Like it, it, it's almost yeah. hard to compare him when he's in episode one. To Chris Sayer, right? It's Simon. Simon. Yeah, I was gonna say you gave me shit for it before, so fuck you, Tyler. Simon. Say his name uh, right. Simon. When you see someone in uh, episode twenty-five, literally like throwing galaxies at the concept of of stagnation. That, that was hilarious. Itself. I just want to. Yeah. I just want to put throwing galaxies as a fire. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's fucking hype. <laughs> Holy it's shit. It's, both. You, it's can, both. you literally cannot get bigger than this show. The scale doesn't get any larger. When you have a mech <laughs> you start inside to... a mech, inside a mech, inside a bigger mech that is inside the glowing energy filled by nothing but pure willpower that is then throwing a galaxy at the idea of not changing. <laughs> and there's You're not a wrong. pick mole. You're not wrong. <laughs> but I, where's he at? Where's the, where's the pick mole? We're post time skip. He's he's in Yoko's cleavage. We're post time skip now. I, <laughs> I like Chris just worded it the nicest way he could possibly say it. Yes, I did. How, Yo, you guys how, can hear. There's so many shots. <laughs> what do you mean? There's so many shots throughout the show for no reason. It's very oh, just Yoko. It's very anime. Yes. Chris, I feel like I have I, a couple well, of videos I could get you canceled. <laughs> Those Probably. are, um, hey, so Kamina <laughs> is a character, great character, because he's first, he functions um, as, okay, everything to say about Kamina here. Viral. Let's talk about Viral. I really like Viral. Well, well no, I, Kamina is, it's, Kamina dies in the eighth episode, but he's still there the entire show. Everyone yeah. in, in, um, 
and Team uh, Team Logan. Uh, deeply misses him, deeply respects what he did, which is sacrifice himself for the whole team. And as the team grows, it gets more people. They still carry what is basically like his insignia, which is the castle. Yeah. And I mean, they build a statue of him in the center of the city that they build uh, going forward. So uh, there's some things you got to talk about the show. There is a time skip. Uh, I think it was between episode what, 15, something like that. Yeah, because 14 skip. is just a clip. Sh- 14 is just a straight up clip show. Yeah, there's a time skip there. Um, and before the time skip, the humans led by Simon and Mia are able to defeat Lord Genome and basically take back the surface for humanity. Yep. However, what we learn post time skip is that Lord Genome was basically, and he was, it didn't start. Well, we know this way. he's. Well, we know that he's her father before the time yeah, skip. Yeah, yeah, we know that he's her father, but we also know that it didn't start this way. He was a warrior who fought these beings called the Anti Spirals. He was a human who fought them. Um, when humanity first was able to travel the scars, the stars, yep. but he lost and was beaten back so poorly that he forced humanity underground because if humanity's population ever passed 1 million, the anti-spirals would come back and wipe the human race out. Yeah. He was so doing every, everything for the greater good. Basically. Everything he was doing was for the greater good. And that's kind good. of a theme through that. No, that's a theme throughout the show. Every villain, every single villain is doing what they're doing for the greater good. Um, it's we it's meet a hot this, fuzz reference. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. I know, I know. I, I've seen hot fuzz. I, I get what you mean. But like, um, there's this priest we meet early on who's keeping his people underground, and he basically sends them away by having them pull lots, and whoever pulls the shortest lot is forced away to keep the village alive. Yeah. He sees it as doing it for the greater good. One of the main characters post time slip called Rocio, uh, basically becomes the president and locks up Simon because he feels that this is the right thing to do and it's what he needs to do to try and save humanity. Even the anti-spirals, this this antithesis of all of evolution, they effectively believe that if spiral races, races that change and evolve, if they continue to grow, that eventually they would snuff out the galaxy and destroy everything. So they lock themselves up into stasis and have been policing the entire universe. Everything they do, everything every single villain has done during the show is for the greater good. And I fucking love it that the show basically says, fuck that, and that yeah, it, that's not the right way to do things. That if you really want to do for the greater good, you just punch through those barriers. Yeah, you just you stick it to. to the man. You just fucking drill you a hole a right goddamn it. through it. <laughs> yeah, you just become chuck a galaxy. You, you are the drill that will pierce, that will pierce the heavens. Is quite literally what the show says, and it is so fucking hype. It, it just it's such an optimistic way to look at the problem, and that's again that's just what the show is. It's so much fucking optimism. Like, if you're depressed like Shinji, the show basically says, grit those teeth. You just need a quick punch in the face. Yeah. And to, you just need to get angry. That's all you need. You need a punch in the face to, to get yourself There's angry a enough nice to solve the problem. There's a couple slaps in there. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, that I do truly think that it took this from... from, from I mean, this, this show just takes a lot from other animes, right? Yeah. I mean, it take, it references a lot of early uh, Super Robot stuff. It references Macross. It references gu- a lot of Gunbuster references. Um, it is like a love letter to Mecca. It feels Dragon Ball Z esque too. Yeah, it's just, definitely. Yeah, Probably you just scaling. keep. You just win. <laughs> you just keep um, scaling. It doesn't I mean, matter. Quite literally, like the power currency in this show is is willpower. The more yeah. the more sheer ballsy willpower you have, the more the you more can you charge believe. up your mech. Yeah, the more you believe you're gonna win, the more you charge up your mech. You like, um, oh god, what's that? What's that fucking quote that communist says? Like, goddamn, love it. I reject your reality and replace it with my own. The yeah. Fact that I, yeah. Basically, the fact that I believe what I believe, uh, it means I win. It means yeah. I win because I believe it enough. <laughs> um, 
it, it truly says that if you just like, if you believe something enough, you that's it. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. Yeah. And again, just really so fucking good. positive. I, it's like, I can't watch this show and not get like a smile on my face. You know, just like the characters, the fucking hype of that final fight. The music it's, as it like as it's a really fun plays. Watch. It's both great and a fun watch. It's not like it, it's not like you're throwing on Neon Genesis where it's like, oh, I'm gonna feel terrible after this. You can put on uh Logan and both have a great story and great show. And it's not like you're not enjoying Neon Genesis, but like you will you enjoy this in a much more positive you're gonna way. Enjoy than you're enjoying this more. Yeah. In yeah. terms of watching a show, you're gonna experience joy from this. You're also gonna experience sadness. There's a number of deaths in the show. Kamina is one of the larger ones, but another character uh, dies on the back half, sacrificing himself to give Team Gura a chance. Um, Isn't that after everyone else dies? <laughs> after everyone else dies. No. Uh... When half the team dies. Oh, yes, it is after. I did it. No, no, it's a little bit that, before it, that. No, maybe. It's I don't after, I think it's after. In the ocean. It's when they fall into the, the ocean of pure gravity. Yeah, I think that's after half the team dies. And yeah. then the final sacrifice is Lodge Gnome again. Yeah, Lord Genome again. Not again. He, he he doesn't sac- sacrifice himself it, the first time. He I, sacrifices I mean, I, I himself fucking, the second time. I fucking love that sequence because it's basically Lord Genome kind of waking up, you know? Like, yeah. Ev- after he got defeated by the spiral, Lord, the, sp- the anti-spirals, he was such a broken man for so yeah. long. And basically, Team Daigurin gave him the chance to be the hero he used to be and to be the spiral warrior he was maybe thousands of years ago. I just fucking love that. He gets to like talk to his daughter and give an apology and like try and make things right by giving himself up at the last second. It's so fucking good. Yeah, it, like it didn't feel like a cheap redemption, you know? It didn't. No, it didn't. The last three episodes, like last three or four episodes when they go into space, fucking it's just perfect. It is. It's like, great. The epi- like the show has some pacing issues early on and there's episode yeah. seven, which was animated by a different studio and looks like shit. Um, and yet somehow. Okay, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, um, but then, I didn't damn. catch it that much, but then I went back to actually like compare it, and then y- y- you see it. You see it. You can see it. Uh, and then just, but then somehow just that ending. I mean, there's one scene in the ending where the anti-spiral tries to trick all of the characters by into falling into stasis by showing them the world's the their perfect world. Yeah, it shows them the infinite possibilities of what they could have had and that what they can't have anymore. Um, Virals is pretty fucked. Virals is so fucked because the the beastmen can't or live the beastmen live forever and they can't have children. Yeah. So viral can they all live forever or just viral? I thought it was just viral. Just viral, just viral. I'm sorry. Just viral can live forever, but all beastmen can't have children. Um, and his his world that he could have lived in was uh, having a wife and kids. And when he realizes that the rest of Team Daigurin is starting to go back to continue their fight against the Anti Spiral, he says, "Man, I guess I'm having such a sappy dream." And then he basically just gives it up to go and beat the shit out of god yeah <laughs> oh it's so good like even when fucking like for simon for simon they give him a, a show him a version of the world where he's with his bro again and they're just kind of going around and he realizes that this version of 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 kamina is nothing he's like what kamina would have been he's a little he's a piece of shit yep and he sees the real kamina sitting behind him telling him you know to choose who's the real kamina that's what do you call that, that, that scene is so in? funny that scene is so funny he's like what do you mean i'm the real ca- i'm the only one and only kamina and then simon's like no there's literally two of you what the fuck's going on here <laughs> and you're literally chooses, right there what do you mean simon chooses by punching fake kamina in the face and as he's talking to quote-unquote real kamina we see him grow immediately into an adult and kamina fucking says wow you're when did that happen you're taller than i am now 
It's yeah. Like, oh, that's so so good. Fucking good. There's so much good. Yoko's verse. Yoko sees dozens of versions of her life where she's a bounty hunter, where she's married to Kitan, where she's with Kamina, where she's a school teacher again. She sees every possibility of what her life could have been, and still chooses to go back to the one where. The world's a lot She's more fucked using up her than rifle it. and sniping, yeah, yeah, and the world's a lot more fucked up than in any of the ones she like. All the people she might want to be with are dead. Yep, but she still chooses to go back to reality. I mean, yep. again, this show tackles basically the same fucking themes as Evangelion. You could argue that that situation is kind of a similar moment to instrumentality. It's about running away. Yeah, it just they does could, it in a lot, in a more like brighter way. It does it with hope. There's a yeah. lot of hope in this show. You know, like Evangelion, you just feel like everything's doomed. You when feel you're watching like everything is, is doomed. Even even when you realize everything's not doomed, you feel like it is still. Whereas with Gurren Lagan, yep. the characters they all make the decision not to run away together because they're together and because they're with one another. You know, Which it's, I, I I could see how some people wouldn't like that. Again, just it's because very it, anime. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it's quite of, literally it, power it's of the, friendship. Really anime. It's quite literally power I mean, yeah. of friendship, but it's not a bad thing. Like thematically, no, yeah, it's not. It but I, I could see how people would dislike it. I really I, like. I, it. I can get it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think it's done in a way that would uh, really shy away from it. Like other shows can do the whole, oh, we beat them with friendship, and it's like, all right, that's yeah, fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah, but like this I mean, does it in a way that makes sense. Especially just as like, again, if if Shinji or if any of the characters in Evangelion had a single good relationship with another human being. Early on into the story. Early on, early on into the story. After once you get to end of Evangelion, it's a bit too late. But yeah, well, no, it's never too late. But you know, I, the point late. is, it's never too late. I'll see. <laughs> he had Shinji had one meaningful relationship, and it lasted twenty minutes. And then he killed him because his father. And then he had to kill him. him. Yeah, but point is, if you if you these characters had had meaningful, good, and positive relationships in their lives, real friends, they would have pretty much ended kind of closer to Team Daigurin. In which case they would have yeah. refused to run away because they would have been with each other. In this case, the power of friendship literally is an answer to the same question that Evangelion poses. And I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it is this again, it's quite literally a response piece. Yep. This show is designed as a response to Evangelion. And that's super fucking interesting. And it, and I don't know, it just like, it replaces all of the negativity and the depression and the sadness that you see at Evangelion with, with so much hope. Yeah, and that's why I find it so hard to try and pick between these. It, it's so hard to compare these two. They're they're quite literally meant to be opposites. It, it's like what you're yeah. feeling that day. Yeah, like talking what, about depressed it. or that one. <laughs> yeah, depressed yeah. Or How much do I want to have a good time this morning? Um, I mean, like really, like the more I've been talking about it and thinking about Gurren Lagann and just remembering how good it feels to watch it, how yeah. good it feels to sit down it, and watch it's, those it's last fun watch. Yeah, it's fun. Bro, I, I mean, finished it in like a weekend. It's it's that it's good. <laughs> like like legitimately like two or three days. I fi- I finished the whole show. I mean, just like the final attack by uh, Team Gurren. I actually I watched the movies on my rewatch for this because I've seen this show two or three times now already. So I decided I wanted to watch the films this time. The pacing shit, so it's not really worth it. But they do have some new animation in the back half, including a bunch of new mechs, which is nice. But what I like the most is um the final attack Simon has against the anti spiral in the show. It's, it's he's in the largest form of the mech and the anti-spiral kind of starts attacking outwards. And every time as he's coming closer and closer, one layer of the mech is thrown away. Yeah. And another layer breaks down, another layer breaks down until he's down into the most, the smallest version of the mech he has. Yeah, the base level. The base level is no larger than a yeah. person. In the show, um, he uses the base level to defeat him. In 
the movie, the base level also is broken away till it's just Simon fighting against the anti-spiral just fist to fist in absolute silence before his hand turns into a drill and he carves a hole right through the anti-spiral. I don't it know is, if I'd like that. It's so yeah, fuck. It's so fucking no, because they're still in. They're still in that place where whatever they will. Anything can happen. Anything okay. Can happen. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah in that yeah. pocket universe. That okay. Created. And it I is. I mean, just I get so it, but still. Good. I mean, like the actual fight choreography between him and the anti-spiral as they're just brawling it out in absolute silence, just duking it is. It's fucking great. Yeah. It, I, I did think though the fights in the first like half were kind of meh. Honestly, the first half up until Lord Genome is kind of meh. Yeah. Like, there's good moments, I mean, especially communist stuff. It's like that in both this and Genesis. Like, the farther you go, the better it gets. I think that's just a Gynax thing at this point. Slash yeah. studio trigger thing. Because some of their other mm. shows have similar structure, similar structures like that, where it's just a matter of getting to the second half. Like, I mean, back in the day, this studio, it, it used to be called Gynax. It's now called Studio Trigger. Um, they pretty much were considered the saviors of anime. Anytime they released a show, it was like waiting for them to save anime. Um, these days, they don't really have that good a track record because some of their most recent shit apparently was garbage. I haven't finished it, but heard it's very bad. Which is kind of crazy because they and it's released also a mech show. two classics. It's also a mech show. Uh, oh, no. Darling in the Franks. I saw most of it with um, a friend who's not been on the show, Juan, and then I didn't get to see like the last three or four episodes. And apparently the last three or four episodes are a fucking dumpster fire. Oh, so no. I really can't wait to just watch it in whole and make you guys also watch it. <laughs> yeah, Mecha Week Volume 3. Let's go. So the track record is basically what a bunch of like older directors are, where they had their primes and now can't make anything. Yeah, like Kill the Kill, most people will say is at least good. It's fair. I think it's good. It's good. Not as good as Gurren Logan. things. It's not as good as Gurren Logan, but it's good. And then I heard maybe Gridman isn't bad. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's not bad. Um, Darling of the Franks, I heard is a dumpster fire. Uh, what is that? Was that cop who's on fire? I heard wasn't very good. Uh-huh. Cop on fire? Yeah. That Inferno hurts. cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inferno cop. You know, uh, the cop just. <laughs> he's a part of the Fantastic Four. He's just flame on. <laughs> he's closer to Ghost Rider, really. But yeah, I heard that shit. I don't really like. It's a shame because they really. Well, no, actually, no, it's not fair. They did Little Witch Academia recently, and that was very good. I actually quite like that show. It's very cute, it's very upbeat. And the film Promare, I've heard it's very good. So you know what? Maybe maybe it's not that they're they've lost their their way to go because Promare apparently is a fucking masterpiece. It's on HBO now, and HBO Max. And now I kind of wish that we put that in here somewhere. <laughs> we should just do a fucking you put studio five shows. We should just do a studio trigger week. The Promare movies, Kill a Kill, and something else. I uh, didn't think that save that for ahead. two years ahead. When two you years? Oh, Tyler, that's next week. You get binging, <laughs> when you boys. get. When you get your TV rights yeah. back. I, I deserve it, damn it. I deserve it. Do you, though? What bad show have I made us watch? None, but I mean, you, you've only picked the show episodes. Nobody else yeah, has every picked single time. Yeah, but none of them have been bad. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. That's, yeah, that's, but that's that still fucks us over. fantastic picks, Tyler. Listen, I'm the one that's consistently drawing the short end of the stick here when it yeah, comes to Fizan picking hasn't episodes. Done... Yeah, Faison yeah, needs to, get to pick something at some point. Please do. <laughs> every time Faison, every time Faison tries to pick something, I always like, oh wait, this holiday is coming, so we can't do that, or this movie's coming, so you gotta get bumped. Yeah, Faison always gets bumped. I don't know how it happens. He hasn't. He doesn't. Faison really has. I mean, I generally don't wait. care. It's just funny. 
But wait a minute. It's not like he gets bumped to be like, all right, you'll get next week. It's like, no, you get bumped until four months later. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. It's like Faison you get has like a, a string of five episodes in a row, but then Tyler did ignore it at the Emmys for September, so Faison got bumped again. <laughs> Just never-ending cycle. <laughs> One day, hey, I got my two picks for show. I got my two episodes of TV, all TV shows, so you guys can finally see some shit. Yeah, now Faison has to pick two TV shows, and I'm just gonna True. like I'm gonna I'm gonna worm tongue this shit. I'm gonna whisper <laughs> in his ear that you know, Kill a Kill would definitely be a fun watch. <laughs> all right, do you guys uh, want to get to our yeah. rankings or to anything our rankings. else to add on Gurren Logan? I loved Ron's I loved, amazing. I love these shows, man. Oh, I love Ron. Ron's He's hilarious. fucking hilarious. Wait, Ron? The, the oh Ron! The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron! Oh Ron's fucking great. Ron's fucking He's so fun. funny. I love Ron. One That's... of my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> There's so just many him favorite hitting parts on, of the show. Just him hitting on anybody is so funny. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Anyone he, any guy he can get his hands on, just hitting on him. Uh, yeah. He's so... hilarious. Buta loves Yoko. Buta loves Yoko. Uh, this show has so much heart. It has so much heart. I mean, even like, do you guys, do you guys see the epilogue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Making sure. Damn, isn't that a good epilogue? Yep. I mean, it's such a, it's like, like the, the perfect finish. The first line of the entire show is a, a flash forward of Simon of Simon saying, "So all the stars in the skies are all the lights in the skies are our enemy." And the last episode of the show says, "All the lights in the sky are the stars." And it's a simple change, but damn, it means a lot. Yep, it completely changes the, the perspective. One... You also figure out that he's the one narrating the whole show because every show, every episode has that intro of um, this, this is a story a man, of a man still looking yeah. for fate or like story something like that. Yeah, or trying to break through his destiny. You know, depending on mm. what episode you get to. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's it, you know it, it always show. leaves it's me a fun it's, show. It's such a good like, it's an interesting experience because watching Evangelion and finishing it, I don't necessarily <laughs> feel melancholy. I don't know what no. I feel when I finish watching Evangelion. Yeah. I feel something broken. weird, but I don't quite know what it is. Broken. No, but like, I don't even know what I feel because I don't know if I feel broken at the end of it because it yeah. technically it has a happy fix, ending. It, it kind of fixes it. It kind of gives you something good to leave off on, to fix the things you can and to love the things about yourself that you that you can't change. Like, it's a good, well, okay, it's a positive before, note. So, I didn't say this before, but I, I understand the show's ending I get the whole point of it because you get the whole characterization, the like, the whole um, you can keep going. You don't need to do this to yourself. You can have a relationship and that whole thing with Shinji, right? I get mm. that. I what I think that ending does though is that you only focus on him compared to the other characters. You do focus on Asuka and Misato as well, though. Like Ray definitely doesn't have a huge amount, but she's also not really part of instrumentality. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like, like you get a lot from Misato. Both of them are still there. Awesome. Yeah, the both of them are still there, but compared to, <coughs> I don't know. I feel like they're both. I you get more of Shin. Like this is an ending for Shinji compared to the other characters more so. I think that's fair, especially that's a, for Asuka. That's how I'm that, looking at the show. I think Misato gets a lot more here, in the, the show or the movie in the show. Because in the movie, she mm. doesn't really get a lot towards the end because she dies. Yeah. Technically. Well, you but actually see part, part like, you see her death and you see that, yeah. They yeah, kind of did her not, dirty, though. They kind of <laughs> do her dirty there. But, like, I feel like the show gives her a lot more to work with in its ending. I feel like yeah. Asuka gets a lot as well, but the movie just gives her even more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and same can really be said for Shinji. 
I also yeah. want to say that I love how the last two episodes of Evangelion are done in the Rakugo style, which is a style of Japanese storytelling in which a person sits in the center of a room and tells a story. And this is done in a way meant to mimic that style. And I just really appreciate that little detail because there's a really good show about Rakugo that we're going to watch one day. <laughs> I'm just hijacking the goddamn show. It's all mine now. I pick right. the weeks, goddammit. On that note, mm-hmm. let's get to our rankings, I think. Uh, number three, the easy one. Gundam. 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 It's not a fucking competition. Gundam's okay. <laughs> if it was against two yeah. shows that weren't based... I'm, I'm going to say this. I think both of these shows kind of border on, on Masterpiece, if not are. I think they are. I think there's one here that it definitely counts as a masterpiece and one that's at least very close. I think this I, is yeah, tough because I, 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 I still don't know. I feel fair at least saying that. Gurren Lagann, I'm kind of still tempted to. But okay, so I'll let's go to mine. number two. Let's go to number two. Uh, Gurren Lagann second. Yeah, so we knew Tyler was going to do that. Yeah. Faison, me and you are in a little bit more pain here. I, I, don't, I really don't know. Like this is this is the toughest ranking I think I've had to do. I I get it because you know we always say it's supposed to be about what you enjoy, but I enjoy Genesis, both. Though. Neon Genesis like so is such much. a bizarre experience. It's it's really an experience that you watch and you don't necessarily in you don't feel joy. You don't come out of it feeling a joyous experience like yeah. you do with Gurren Logan, but you come out of it with something else. I think the biggest thing is, right, is that they have like similar overarching themes, right? So yeah. it's hard to rank the two. They just take it in such different directions and each each way of taking it is equally valid as the other. So how do you say I mean, that I one just... is objectively better? Tyler, Tyler, Tyler's an art house ho. So we knew what he was gonna do. Listen, Tyler, yeah, okay, you already sure, ranked, you can't you can't chime in here, okay? Yeah, you can't chime me, in. Me and Chris between... are talking right now. Yeah, we're having a discussion. Well, I mean, here. I was gonna explain my reasoning, so okay, you know what? I'll take it. Can yeah, I give me some reasoning, Tyler? Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck me then. Uh <laughs> Uh, no, so yeah, if you want to go with the easy route, yes, Art Hus Ho, I like the weirder shit, and this, and uh, Neon Genesis being first, I put it first because like, I keep comparing it to Twin Peaks because Twin Peaks also does the whole, you don't know what the fuck's going on, you feel it, Neon Genesis also does that, and the feeling, uh, yeah, you don't have a happy feeling, you don't have a melancholic feeling, you have a whole, what the fuck did I just watch feeling, but I but you get that sense of uh, with the show, you get the sense of oh, things are gonna no, not, no, that's not where I'm going with this. <laughs> okay, I, well, I, I like, think I'm gonna put Gurnlog in it too. Fuck, it's hard. It's it, really it's hard. hard. I think that I think that the first half being slow puts Neon Genesis above it for me. I can understand that. Also, like it's tough because it's it's it really should be a one A one B, right? I I mean you could technically do that, and you still have one above the other. No, it's okay. It should be a one A and one A. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm. I have a better idea. I'm gonna do two A and two A. Um, I think I'm gonna flip a coin. No, I'm gonna do two A and two A. Two A. Yeah, I might as well. Just, I might as well just fucking flip the coin. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been funnier. Yeah. No, two God A, damn a it, Tyler. For me, two A is Gurren Logan. And 2A is Evangelion. And then number one is Bojack Horseman. Uh, best mecha <laughs> anime of all time. Best mecha anime of all time. How could I forget? Time. Bojack Horseman, number one. Number one mecha anime. And that's it. That's my list. That's the binge. I, I, I think for me, to rank these. I, I think for me, I guess the, the cheesiness of Gurren Lagann puts it like the tiniest peg down. 
it's just so the tiniest. Like that camp can be so charming at the same time. No, I know, I know, but like that's why it's just like it, it's a fucking like think, it's a nail. Like you know, I figured out what I was trying to say. The uniqueness of Neon Genesis puts it over for me. There is there is truly nothing else in the world like Neon Genesis. Neon Granted, Genesis. I've been is, saying twin. I've been saying Twin Peaks the entire episode, but even then, it's still it's, it's not the same thing. Counts. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. There's nothing else. Like even like it's not a fair comparison. Twin Peaks ultimately doesn't do things the way Evangelion does. It doesn't no, go no, no. for this just bizarre has... level. Like no, no, I understand. No, it, it doesn't go. It, yeah. There's nothing. These are these things are both so far off the spectrum from everything else that you can only compare them to one another. Yeah. That's why I yeah. always compare when I talk to you about it. I compared it to Twin Peaks because well, there's nothing else in the world that really fits the bill, and this technically doesn't. But it's the only other thing that doesn't fit the bill with everything else. So it's like I get it. I get what you mean. Also, what's crazy about these rankings is that if you ask me tomorrow, they'd probably change. I mean, before we were talking well, about still gonna be Logan, third. Yeah, 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 but I mean, like one, one and two would probably change tomorrow. You know, depending on how how I wake up. You know. Yeah, yeah it's before... always going to be one uh, A, one B is either Genesis or Gun Logan. Uh, Bojack Horseman is obviously number one over over both of them, and then Gundam is a zero. Gundam is zero. Go, See, Gundam is third. Gundam is yeah, Gundam is zero. zero. Oh, it's just Tyler. it's just dog shit. Absolutely. No, no, no. It's tier, no, it's tier zero. It actually beats out Bojack Horseman. It's it's the S tier. Gundam is the is that is that is tier zero S tier though? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, that is actually yeah, it's a it's secret tiers, one. You know, the one you can't get there. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's hard. Um, See, I had a shitty day today, so like Neon Genesis is up there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna refrain from ranking them. No, you gotta give a ranking. You, no, I'm copping out. You have to. No, I'm you can't cop out. You, the whole point of the show is fucking bitch. three, two, one. Bitch. You can't cop out. Bitch. All right, all right. Like you, thinking, you literally can't cop out. I don't know, man. Like these both, these are both. I, I really. I know, because <laughs> I, I had the same. I love the higher high. I love both of these shows so fucking much. They both mean a lot. They both are are just per, just such fantastic stories. They handle such great content and they do it so well. And they both technically leave you on a happy message. And Gurren Logan is. Damn, 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 damn. I have to make a choice, man. I hate making choices. Yes, yeah, if it's just flip a coin. I usually just... Okay, fuck it. Just just watch the coin flip scene from No Country for a Man and think about that. <laughs> Literally, like Tyler uh, said, just flip a coin. Okay, okay. So what's what's call what? it? Is Shigur and Logan should be heads because yep. the head. Obvious and, reasons. Uh Evangelion should be a tail because it has the umbilical cord, which represents a longing for the womb. So for second place. Sure. It does. Second place is going to it's going to Gurren Logan according to this coin from Google. <laughs> I thought you didn't get an actual coin. I don't have don't yeah have one Tyler, who the fuck has actual coins on them? Yeah, I don't just coins. You don't have me. a Wally, Tyler. You know you're really not Tyler. You're really fitting into the stereotype yeah, right this now. It's kind of your own fault right now, Tyler. <laughs> what stereotype is that, man? Jews. Ha- Oof, that was the Jewish great. one. <laughs> Why'd you have to say Jews? Chris, Chris? Oh no! Chris came out swinging. So <laughs> I hard. realized that it, it doesn't sound great when you hard say J, it a hard J man. Really? I'm sorry. What is the soft J, Tyler? The ewes? Because that sounds kind of worse. Hey, you didn't you say, say the full one thing. way or the other way. Yeah, you can say it one way or the other. Listen, all right. I can say it. I'm fine. I can say it. You can either say like, yo, look at those nice Jews over there. Or look at those Jews. You said the wrong one. You <laughs> yeah. know you did. There was a little aggressiveness to the J. Okay, but the aggressiveness was strictly towards Tyler. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, make it better. That's, that's not what the listeners are going to think. It's a very particular hate crime, Tyler. It's only against you. 
All right, Cartman. All right, all right. So you had Gurren Logan at number Gurren two, Evangelion at number one. I technically didn't choose. I'm just going to leave on that cop out, but whatever. No, you can't cop it out. And that's, that's, your, that's your list. That's, that's the binge. Um, Chris confirms that Neon Genesis is better than Gurren Logan. I don't even know. Maybe. Chris, same rules as a No Country for No Country for Old Man scene. You can't not caught. You have to do it. Shut the fuck up, Sugar. Um, on that note. On that note, this was a great week of shows outside of the Gundam stuff. We should have watched Wing instead, honestly. Now that yeah, Gundam is very forgettable. I think if we watched Gundam it's Wing, influ- it's it more been... influential. Yeah. It didn't. It doesn't hold up. Again, I feel like we run into this problem a lot with our episodes. Is that we have two like really, really, really good things. Yeah. And then one just okay one. Yeah. Well, granted, I'm... most of the time that happens because, uh, well, those are just like the Chris picked episodes, which are like three <laughs> completely random things. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I do try to vary my episodes as much as possible. This one was at least all relevant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, I tried to have a structure the the originator, the reconstruction, and the reconstruction. And technically, mm. it should be said, Gurren Lagan kind of killed the mech genre. It's true, because it's it, just a masterpiece. Like, nothing yeah, can come like, out after that. Nothing, genuinely, the scale has... There's not been a good mech show since Gurren Lagan. I think Code Kiosk came out slightly before. Yeah, uh, there has not been a, at this point, so... Yeah, there has not been a good mech show since Gurren Lagan. I haven't seen Gridman. I heard Gridman's good, but that's it. Everything else has been trash. I'm talking to you, Aldehoa Zero fans, <laughs> and you, one person who's ever watched Guilty Crown. All right, Chris, stop calling out everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and you, person who thought that Knights of Sidonia was good. Tyler, do the outro. And you, person who thinks that. <laughs> cut cut him right, off. If you made it this talking. far, if you made him this far, uh, if you made it this far, rate us, rate us, uh, give us a review, see how well you liked it, see how well you liked either Neon Genesis or Gone, because I know you're not watching Gundam. Uh, <laughs> we asked you not to follow Tyler yeah. on Twitter at what no is follow Twitter? us on Twitter. All of, we actually have one. We have a Twitter now. We have a Twitter. Thank you, to Tati. Twitter, thank you to my girlfriend for actually making us a Twitter. She's the only competent member of this team. The rest of us are actual well, morons. Uh, come um, on now. At 321binge. Well, yeah, Stop talking about yourself like that, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Let's, come on, Shinji. <laughs> there's a reason I understand Anno. It's because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a joke. At 321binge three, three, is the handle on Twitter. Also, follow Tyler and um, tell him I sent you. At yeah, Tyler Zucker on Twitter. Chris and tell him I sent you. Yeah, I don't know what my handle is. I don't know what Chris's handle is because I don't yeah. even know. Chris Ramirez321. Chris Ramirez321. Chris Ramirez Yell at me as well. I don't care. It's fine by me. I'll also fight you on Evangelion being good. Um, make Yell is at Faison. Say it's not? I, there's some always some people out there. Yell, yell at, at Tati to yell at me because I, yeah. I don't have a Twitter. Yell, yell, at, yeah, yell, at, <laughs> yell at the main account to yell at Faison to make Faison make a Twitter. So that I can yell at FaZon on Twitter. And also that I can just send these people more memes because that's basically all I fucking do. Um, that's all, yeah, that's literally all our conversations. This is all our conversations, just goddamn memes. Um, we're kind of, yeah. Oh, like, please. send put Throw the stars at yeah, us. Follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever yeah. the fuck else we are on. We don't know. We don't, we're not very good at this. Leave us a review, please. We're really bad at outro, outros. Um, if you actually want like an episode suggested, Hit us up on Twitter. You, the new yeah, Twitter. Actually, that's a good way. Now you can actually communicate with us. What, what's our handle? Uh, two one binge. At three two one binge. At three two one binge. That's correct. Um, and join yes, us. We've got a, We've got a nice little banner going. We do. She actually made that fucking banner. I know, and it looks, also it looks really those, nice. Making those gifts those, now as well. Dude, that that one's really Please, nice. Yeah, it is. Please Did follow you see us the so she can show them off. You see the gifts phase on. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I saw the uh, it's fucking for next so, week, it's right? It's so impressive. Yeah, for not for next. Yeah, for, for next week. Yeah, next week. Um, and speaking of which, join us next week as we uh we go on something, you know, something of a a, a super binge, you know, uh a, some, something someone might even say a uh, super binge with a pair of scissors. Uh, it's a very <laughs> particular cut. Oh my I hate god! You so much. I want to cut that out. Don't forget to grit your teeth. Have a good night, folks.